0: Get ready for Crack the Customer Code, your audio guidebook for creating incredible customer journeys.
1: Adam, you know what's funny about customer experience?
0: Wow, so many things, Jeannie, because <laughs> it, it is just a barrel of laughs
1: usually. I mean, customers can be pretty funny, I'll say that. But I will say that the funny part is it's all about either delivering on or exceeding expectations, right? But
0: Absolutely. Oh, sorry.
1: Here's the thing, expectations keep changing. So what are we supposed to do?
0: (laughs) I'm going to say we change with them, Jeannie, but that is easier said than done. And that is the catch, right?
1: It's totally the catch because, you know, we are also living in a time that is changing so quickly. You and I have talked about this, how technology changes and expectations change and all these ways that we serve customers change. And so I wanted to dig in a little bit today because... There's a report out, it's the 2021 Customer Expectations Report by Gladly, and some of the numbers here are worth discussing, I would say. First of all, only 19% of customers believe service today exceeds their expectations. So that's still a pretty low number. That means that most people are walking around thinking that none of these expectations are being exceeded.
0: Yeah, and that is the thing, because, you know, remember the old 88 study, right? Um, They asked executives, what do you Mm -hmm. think of your customer experience? And 80% of them said, it's fantastic. They asked uh, customers of those same companies that, uh, you know, how they felt and 8% agreed. And, (laughs) you know, there's always this differential between what we think the customer's expectations are and what they are. And, you know, just to see that with all the work you and I have been doing for the entire world with customer experience for all these years, (laughs) we are still at only 19%. Uh, Jeannie, should we just hang it up? That's what I want to (laughs) know. (laughs)
1: No, we can't. There's still so much work to do.
0: There is. There's 81% more work to do. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I was going to add, you know, one of the things that we mentioned at the top is that's so challenging is knowing what it's shifting to. What are the Mm -hmm. expectations changing to keeping track of that and all the various methods for understanding, um, you know, what customers expect and in what parts of the journey.
1: Right. Well, and not only that, but not necessarily in your industry, right? They're comparing to everybody else. And we've been saying this for years, but the minute that we started getting more convenience through Amazon or on-demand through Uber or all these things, that's what we expected everywhere. And so when you dig into these numbers, one of the things that people talk about that makes an experience exceptional is a seamless conversation across channels. 46% of them said that. So what does that mean? Well, that's so much more complicated than, you know what, I'm going to walk into your store and buy a product and leave. This is about, I want to start on chat and then pick up the phone and talk to you. And I want you to know exactly who I am, where I am on the journey, and my whole history with you as a brand. That's not easy stuff. That's not stuff that you can just be like, well, everybody keep a clipboard by you and take some notes.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this, and this is a problem as old as, you know, I don't know, when they were putting the little pins in the switchboard to change your <laughs> call, because it was like, oh, I just talked to Frank for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Sheila, I have to tell you the whole story again? Cool, yep. right? Yeah. And I mean, that has been an issue. We, we deal with that in training. We deal with that in how do you structure, you know, in blueprinting, like how do you do the backstage so that mm-hmm. this does not happen? How do you make sure you use a CRM? whatever and that seamlessness you know we've been preaching it for years well now there's some more data of how yeah. important it is and it's more complicated now because of the uh, you know variety of digital channels and the expectation of sort of seamlessly transitioning
1: mm-hmm. uh, yeah in
0: between channels
1: exactly and by seamlessly transitioning i think the other part of this that is challenging but it's also where these expectations are coming from is that there are Places that are doing this, where you can kind of hop around from the digital to the physical, and they do recognize you. They do understand who you are and where you're coming from. Um, you know, one of the things that I've I've noticed as a member, quote unquote member myself of American Express, every time I call, they say, "Oh, you've been a member with us for this many years," and they recognize exactly where I am with my history with them. And I think that's something that people are expecting, no matter where they are in the journey or which channel. And they also want brands to be more proactive like if brands have all this information about us if they understand our data so well why aren't they making suggestions about you know what we know you're about to have an issue we're going to fix it for you before it becomes an issue that's what customers are asking for that level of proactivity and you know i i think there are so few brands out there doing this well but that's where the expectations are going so the more that you can think about your own company through that lens then you can actually, you know, figure out how can we be more proactive for our customers, specifically recognizing who they are, where they are, and what history they have with us.
0: And that, you know, what that just—I'll add a little personal anecdote that just happened to me. So I took my car in to get service, and mm-hmm. I bought the whatever warrant, you know, the like service warranty when um, when I got the car. Uh, and I go in, and it's January and they're like, oh, this would have been covered in December. Yeah. And I, di- I didn't see any notice. Now, it's possible I missed them, but I didn't see any notices. And was I mad? No, because it is on me to know when that is. But was I annoyed? Was it a mm-hmm. good experience that, like, hey, you could have let me know. I get, yeah, people are busy. Your customers are busy. Uh, and to their credit, they actually comped it uh, after the fact. I think they, yeah. went to- I think they waited to see if, uh, if there was any other problems in there. It was just a service. <laughs> um, but afterwards, they did. But, you know, that's an example of, like, I did have expectation i was mildly annoyed uh, mm-hmm. and mo- and a lot of people would not be they'd be like it's your fault right, It'd right. Be like it's on you why didn't you do that mm-hmm. uh, and that's a perfect example of how you know using the data using communication mm-hmm. uh, to proactively get in front of problems is yep. important
1: that's that's a great example and you know i worked with a an organization that was uh helping like with hvac repair and maintenance and things like that and they had a maintenance program, and their ratings were really low. Customers were not satisfied with this precisely for what you're talking about. They would say, well, by the time I remember that I'm supposed to schedule something in the winter, all your appointments are taken, and I can't get what I've paid for already. And so it was such a simple fix because essentially they were like, okay, we're going to start calling customers in July when they're not thinking about this and say, we want to get you on the calendar. Here's what we're going to do. And it being proactive about that, their ratings went way up because of course they did. There were fewer problems because people had their maintenance and they were proactively being invited into the process. So. I think it's it's a really important point that not all of this has to be super complex and not all of this has to be dependent on the technology. Some of this is really thinking through who are your customers and what do they need. And so I think we should talk about that. How do we stay ahead of these expectations? And I think we just talked about one of those things, stay proactive, right? Like making sure that you're looking ahead and you're not just reacting to the issues, but you're proactively solving those problems as best you can and communicating about them. And then I, this sounds so basic, I almost hesitate to say it, but you have to know your customers' expectations in the first place.
0: <laughs> right, exactly.
1: <laughs> what do they really want? What do they need from you? And once you figure that out, that can be about really understanding, you know, how can you proactively serve them?
0: Yeah, 100%. And one thing I will add, and it was in my book, Be Your Customer's Hero, uh, that documentation is at the heart of all great service.
1: Oh, so. That, that's so process oriented, but it's so true. <laughs> but I know and
0: that's the thing though. I mean, if you don't have the information, how are we going to do the other things we're talking about? Gina? Right. And I mean, so this is also a training issue. It mm-hmm. is getting people to use, you know, whatever system you have to get the data in for the customers to take the extra time, yeah. not to assume it's resolved and not to assume that it won't rear its head again.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. That's the, uh, That's a really good point, too. Like, don't assume that something that happened once will never happen again. (laughs) Because, (laughs) guess what?
0: (laughs) Have you met Murphy?
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So, and then, you know, the last thing I'll say here is that, um, to your point, making sure everybody has the right education and tools. But provide that for your customers as well because there's an expectation of self-service is going up. So more and more people are saying, I'm willing to solve my own problem, I'm willing to resolve my issue if you have a place for me to do that. So 60% actually prefer to resolve their own issues while shopping online. So if you don't have those tools and education and knowledge bases for your customers, that's a great place to start, to start exceeding those expectations. If they can't find how to handle it self-service, they're already disappointed by the time they call you. If you provide that self-service option, then there you go. You are providing exactly what they are expecting. So I think it's safe to say expectations will continue to change, right? They are going to continue to move on, but you know what? I totally think that anybody listening to this podcast has the tools to stay ahead of expectations, to deliver for their customers. What do you think, Adam?
0: I think so as well. In fact, there is a pretty interesting tool that's our season sponsor. Hey,
1: everybody. Thanks for joining us here on Crack the Customer Code. And just a reminder, be sure you check out Alida.com. That's A-L-I-D-A.com slash C-T-C-C. That's for Crack the Customer Code, of course. To get your free Forrester report about prioritizing your CX efforts by three categories. This is a special offer just for our listeners, so be sure you check that out. I am Jeannie Walters. I am so happy that you're here with me today. You can find me at experienceinvestigators.com.
0: And I'm Adam DePorck. I have enjoyed this conversation with Jeannie, as always, and with you. And you can find me at customers.stick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself.
1: And take care of your customers.